Okay, hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Honky Tonks to Stadiums. I'm Avery, this is my dad Jason. Hola. And this is a podcast where we tell you how your favorite country stars went from small town honky tonks to sold out stadiums. Woohoo! We're back. Well, it, it's we, but it's really Avery. I, I'm, I'm here it's for really comic me. relief. I do all the work. Yep, you do. But you don't pay me enough to do any work, so. Well, I don't pay you anything, so there is that. There you go. I pay you with (laughs) blessing you as being your child, so I think that's (laughs) enough. Um, So quick recap of what's been going on in country music real quick. The CMA Awards were last Wednesday, and I didn't watch them. Oh no! How could that I happen? I didn't. You okay, watch so every country music. I mean, there's I like fifty thousand really of them a year. I haven't really watched any of them, them in a while. All. This is wrong. But here's the problem: is that they're all on at like seven o'clock East Coast time. So by the time I get around to like six, I am also at work when they're like putting them on on the West Coast. So you really I'm at work. Woman, aren't you? You're just well, you're just I'm an at, old woman and a, and a twenty work, year old body. So I can't like watch it. I that's what multiple people have told me. <laughs> so I can't. <laughs> and it's, it's a fair statement. I have been described <laughs> that way. I do work with the elderly, and they're all my favorite people. And there are too many similarities between me and them. We all listen to the same music. So they had, so they was this the CMAs, the CBAs, the AMBCs? It was the CMAs. CMA, so Country Music Association. Country Music Association, the big one. This is the really big one, and I know who won. Bigger than what the the Country Music Awards? Well, well, this is the basically this is the Country Music Awards. Well, there's the ACMs, which is the Academy of Country Music. This is the Country Music. it's just technically bigger it's like you know how like there's well it's like you know how there's the grammys but you still like care if you win a people's choice like there's still all these other is voted on by you know members of the academy so your peers in in the movie industry and the people's choice are by the people yeah so this is nobody cares about people's choice because people are fickle exactly so uh, the CMA so this is what fickle? the CMA awards is. They're yeah. Fickle? Well, okay. no, they're not fickle. It's not people. It's like it's the association. So it's like there's the Oscars, which is the big one for movies, and then there's the Golden Globes, is like right under that, right? Well, that's so like this TV is... and you know, uh, who cares? And about movies. Globe. Golden Globes is also movies. I know they're there because but, you know Austin Butler won really for Elvis. Um, so it's like that's what the CMAs are. They're okay. a big deal right. for country music so it was it was pretty interesting i mean jelly roll who is the one guy when we were at cma fest who i recognize that's the only one you recognize that's the only one i recognize to be entirely honest singers you couldn't tell me who any of them were but you recognize the big fat guy who got out of prison but i did recognize jelly roll so we have to give me some credit um the one big guy who just got out of prison (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He won um for uh, what did he won New Artist of the Year, which I was surprised by because I thought Zach Bryan would have won that. Well, he's not a new artist, is he? But he it. So here's the problem though with the New Artist of the Year category. Like 
it's never does it go really back five years people. it really does like it's jelly rolls i wouldn't even consider i mean jelly roll may be a new artist of the year but like Eric Church was nominated for it and he even went on to say he's like I don't understand why I'm nominated for new artist of the year this is my third album right he's like I'm not a new artist so I saw something people know on, who I am so it's kind of the, something that that happens so I saw something lot. that was it Winona Judd yeah did Winona an interview was there. saying that she was super super nervous to yeah she performed with Jelly Roll Right, and she she was, like, having a hard time with it. Yeah, and he was, like, holding her up, and everyone was like, what's going on? Because, like, I've seen clips of it, and it's, it's like she's really leaning on him, and she was like, I was so shaky. Like, I felt like she felt like she couldn't stand. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. I mean, it's now, not even Is that, like, the first, first time, time since her mom died? No, because she was at, they did, like, an entire tribute thing to her mom like a show and she performed there and she also performed at the like people's country music awards which is like the brand new one that she performed at that's like uh the the nickelodeon slime awards no it's like the people's choice awards (laughs) but it's the people's country choice awards do they get slimed when they lose no because it's not nickelodeon it's a real thing (laughs) oh so i'm sure eric church won then right shut up um (laughs) Eric wasn't nominated at all, actually. Well, I was really I, I, upset. I Eric wasn't nominated, but it was surprising. It was like he wasn't nominated, and everyone was like, "Well, he do- hasn't had new music out in the last two years," which wasn't which surprising. Makes him but he wasn't for being new music artist of the year. Exactly right, but he wasn't nominated for Entertainer of the Year to me, which was shocking because he's gone on this huge tour. Like this is a huge deal. His latest tour, the I'll bet um, if he took his sunglasses Outsiders off on stage, Revival Tour. He's won it, him, so it's different. He has actually won the CMA Entertainer of the Year. But the winner, this is the most shocking thing to me. The winner for CMA Entertainer of the Year was Lainey Wilson, who I actually just Lainey? recently Lainey or Lainey? Lainey. 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 Okay, sorry. Obviously With an N, not, not an Lainey. M, ma, 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 ma. Who would name their child Lainey? I mean, I come don't know. on. Lainey uh, somebody Wilson. didn't like kids i guess she won for entertainer of the year to me that was shocking in the sense that she's such a new artist and it's not saying that a new artist can't be as amazing as an entertainer and she's really good because i saw her a few weeks ago was she one of those she was at a that festival. you didn't recognize was no she, she wasn't you did not recognize? she wasn't one of the blondes i didn't recognize but she is blonde um, okay but she won, and I was surprised because she opened all summer. Like, she did, I think, a few bar shows or, like, not bars, but, like, really small honky-tonks. venues. Like honky tonks. She's doing honky tonks. And she won Entertainer of the Year, and I was like, okay. I mean, you can be a great performer. Yeah, I love yeah. a good small venue. That's my favorite. But I was I was very surprised that she won. I mean, congrats to her, obviously. Yeah, but. Yeah. To me, in my mind, like looking at the list, I think Luke Combs was nominated, Chris Stapleton. It felt like there were other artists who I feel like are more well known as performers. And she's but is that, not. Is that the point of the award? Is it about that being is. a good entertainer or being well known? It's about being a good entertainer. So there you go then. But I mean, so no, Chris um, Combs is the she does work. Loser Luke Combs. He didn't yeah, win. He that makes you a loser. He's won twice, but I guess now but he didn't is. win this time, so that makes him a loser. But he didn't win this time. But anyway, that was really interesting. Morgan Wallen didn't win at all either. Well, it's because um, he's still in the racist category. 
I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, where's the, are you wrong? Um, and then the biggest thing that people are still talking about, I think, is Post Malone, who's a rapper. He yeah. is constantly talked about country music. I mean, he actually in an interview, he's the guy said with all his... the tattoos all over his face. Yeah, yeah. He was in uh, he was in that movie uh, with uh, uh, on Netflix in... no. with uh, Marky Mark Wahlberg. No, he was briefly in there, and then he was in that movie was with he... Jason Statham. Uh, was that, he? Um, yeah, he was in the prison. No, that was Marky Mark Wahlberg. He was in he was with Jason Statham, and he was uh, they were doing a they were robbing. Um, Car or uh, um, bank cars, you know, oh, armored cars. I didn't know he was in a movie. He's been in a couple movies, bunch of them actually. Has, has he? I but didn't know that. Then he he didn't hint that he was going country. Well, he somehow has. I don't see him but doing the, the crossover no, no, no. like Darius Rucker. Well, he's a rapper. It's different. It's different. But actually, he has officially. So not officially. Officially, like he's still a rap artist. That's his main thing. He's always said that his dream co- collaboration because this is my dude, is Toby Keith. Well, and everybody him and Toby, Toby Keith. Yeah, especially now. Um, but he said that's his dream collab, was Toby Keith, and he, him and Toby have met. He, and then is Brad Beasley, dream collaboration leading to sing with up him or to get the stone with him? To sing with him. Are you I sure? Mean, yeah. Toby doesn't Maybe. smoke that much weed. <laughs> um, <laughs> that much weed. Toby's not Willie Nelson. Um <laughs> which is my favorite thing is toby keith has a song called i'll never smoke weed with willie again and he's like yeah because one time i smoked weed with willie nelson and i wasn't okay for like two days and then a little while later luke combs was talking and he went yeah i smoked weed with willie nelson and you know that toby keith song about never doing it again yeah i'm never gonna do it again it was horrible <laughs> and you're All like right, so yeah because it's willie let's, anyway let's bring this back who are we supposed to be talking about today Anyway, this week we're talking, we're starting to talk about Waylon Jennings. This is going to be two episodes. Because we obviously can't finish. I mean, Waylon Jennings is going to finish it in one episode, right? No way. I mean, there is so much there. And it's. So we're going to really do Young Waylon today. Is, yeah, Young Waylon into his early career and kind of, we're going to talk about something I'm really excited to talk about because it will, I think, help people understand my fear of planes. Um, <laughs> I think, and it's a huge piece of just music history. And so I'm really excited to talk about that. Um, yeah, Waylon Jennings. And this is an artist who, like, you know, I think is very interesting. I've read both his autobiography and his son wrote this amazing biography. So, a so few he years wrote ago an autobiography and his, or his son wrote one, a book about him? He wrote, his son, Terry Jennings, wrote a book about his life with his dad and, like, okay. his experiences on the road with him, which right. is really interesting. Because it's, I mean, you're why? listening to, like... Why, why was it te- interesting? Well, you're listening to a teenager be like, yeah, it's kind of weird to think about, like, my dad is this huge hero, and he talks right. about that. And he also talked a lot about, you know, Waylon, it's, you know, considered everyone's like, oh, Waylon was a big drinker. He actually wasn't. He was... He's a big he partier. Drank. He was a big, he was a big drug addict, but he went on tour. So Willie and Waylon went on tour. This is just, I'm going to say it. Willie and Waylon went on tour together and Terry Jennings was talking. He goes, yeah, Willie didn't let hardcore drugs on his tour. Cause he was like, no, we're not drug addicts. We can smoke pot, but we're not going to do hardcore drugs and we can drink. 
And Wayland didn't let anyone drink, but there was one bus they had on the tour that was for both crews, Willie and Wayland's. And on that bus is when they would do whatever they want. So they were all drinking and doing really hardcore drugs. And to me, that was interesting. Except for Willie and Wayland. Except for Willie and Wayland. Wayland wouldn't drink and Willie wouldn't do anything hardcore. So that was something I thought was really interesting. Okay. So, yeah, we're talking about Wayland Jenks. Let's go back in the way, way, way back bus. Yes. And let's start at the beginning. All the way to the beginning. (laughs) Wayland, or Wayland Jennings, was born on June 15th, 1937, on the J.W. Bittner Farm near Littlefield, Texas. I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, he's an old guy. He belongs in one of my old folks' homes. Um, He obviously doesn't because he's no longer alive. Um, He was the son of Laureen. Beatrice and William Albert Jennings. He was the oldest of four brothers. He had Tommy Jennings, James Jennings, and Bo Jennings. Okay. So what's interesting is his mother's maiden name is Shipley, and it comes from his great-grandfather. And Jennings says that along the way, they kind of had Cherokee and Comanche blood in their families, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, but you know what? I'll, I'm going to be honest. Everybody says they, nobody says that they were the tribe of the uh, Tomahawk or the Wakawanawana tribe. They were part of the Comanche or the Blackfoot or the Sioux. It's the ones they knew about. This was yes. he really that is descended true. from. I, so this is kind of this is also just what the family said. And I don't. Um, I'm not. So and I let the preface that by saying i am not trying to be disrespectful of other tribes i i'm just yeah. saying that you know if you were a part of the arawak tribe here in curacao nobody's going to know what that is but if you're a part of the comanche or the cherokee everybody saw that in john wayne or you know whatever movie yeah yeah i agree yes so um so as you may so i pronounced it wrong so it's his first certificate hit said wayland jennings like W-A-Y-L-A-N-D? Yes. Okay. So it was changed because a Baptist preacher visited his parents and congratulated his mother for naming him after the Wayland Baptist University in Plainview, Texas. And Lorene was like, well, I obviously didn't do that because she was a part of the Church of Christ and had no idea what this random college was. She was like, okay, well... I've accidentally named my child after a Baptist church, which is not what I am. I don't know the oh, hell no, I'm no Baptist. between. I don't know <laughs> the differences between the Baptist versus the Church of Christ. I don't. I think that all churches were the Church of Christ, but well, all this is where in, my religion. Not all of them are. Yeah, yeah. There, there's college well, anyway. Yeah. And Waylon always used. So she then changed it to Waylon. L O N. And okay. Waylon said that he didn't like the name. He he hated Waylon. He said it sounded corny and hillbilly, but <laughs> it's been good to me. And I'm pretty well at peace with it now. Because, okay. I mean, of course, this name is one of the biggest names in country music. I mean, you right. hear Waylon. No, absolutely. You're absolutely. thinking Waylon Jennings. Well, you're also thinking party, have a good time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, yes, there is also that. That, that is an, an outlaw. Yeah. All right, let's, but so, let's, let's focus. After He's his one of, what father, did you say? He's one of five kids? 
he's one of four kids. He had three four brothers, kids. Tommy, James, okay. and Bo. Because okay. Bo is a country name if I've ever heard one. I whenever I think of a country person, I'm like, oh, their name probably is Bo. Um I just think it's such a country name. But then again, I also met a guy who I worked for when I worked for Cole Swindell. This, just so you know, I'm I worked for Cole Swindell, just as a brag. Um, whose name was Hutch, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love you. You're amazing. Hutch. Okay. So Hutch, Waylon, it was great. Born so, in 1937. Yes. His family uh moved from the Bittner farm, which is where he was born, to Littlefield, Texas, where his father established a retail creamery, like an ice cream place. Ice cream. Yeah. yeah. When Waylon was eight, his mother kind of started to teach him to play guitar with the tune 30 Pieces of Silver. Okay. I don't know this song. But he always practiced with his family's instruments until his mother finally bought him a used Stella guitar and then later ordered a harmony patrician. I actually think that's kind of important because I think that has a reference to... uh, um, That's a reference to Judas, right? I think so. I'm assuming. It was a price for which Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus. Very good, yeah. Avery. Very good. That's a, I learned that's kinda, that that's kinda, from the television show Supernatural. You know what? I don't think so. Because I think about it, too. Like, there are some songs, like, obviously... The songs that you would have me listen to in the car, like yeah, those we're songs about, we were listening we're to, about were like "Save a Horse, uh, Ride Trace a Cowboy." Atkins. We're talking about Metallica yes, and Trace Atkins. Like you know, Mr. John, my best friend, always tells me how the preschool teachers, when he took his daughter Katrina to preschool, they would always be like, "Oh my God, Mr. John, she's singing." the hanging tree and was like really concerned about this little girl talking singing a song about going to a hanging tree like so to and me you've it's got, not you've that got weird to go to and he's sing, religious singing things like nothing else matters or yeah honky so, tonk badonka donk exactly <laughs> uh, um so during this time his early influences for waylon are bob willis floyd tillman ernest tubb hank williams Carl Smith, Smith, and it says Elvis Presley. Elvis was a big, big, big influence on everybody. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I always think of Elvis in the 60s, which is not correct, because I know he was famous even before. He was in in Korea, right? I don't remember what war he he was in. Because we got to remember, they had the draft even after, after World War II. They still continued the draft. Okay. And so he got, he drafted. got drafted to Germany, and that's where he yep. met Priscilla. Right. I'm really. Well, excited. I don't know. I don't know I'm where, where he met whatever. Movie. I just know that he got drafted. He went to Germany. I just know that's where he met Priscilla. Okay. <laughs> when she was 14. Exactly. I'm yeah. super excited because I'm going to go see that movie soon. Anyway, so that's what he's like listening to, of course. I mean, Bob Willis, like when we, I don't think we ever talked about Willie Nelson but of course I've read a million Willie Nelson books and those are the artists that Willie talks about he talks about Bob Willis Ernest Tubb um and of course Hank Sr. Well those guys Um, were like guitar they they were the bluesy guitar players they were I just did a class that was not even like that was like the um precursor to country music as it as it is today when you look like 
we are uh, Hank Williams Sr. Yeah. You're your drunk 14-year-old singing out on a on a street corner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's one of my favorite stories to tell about people. What is? Like, I mean, Hank when you think Williams about it, when you think about it, you hear singing at 14 years old. Not, not only is he singing, I mean, during the daytime on a street corner, drunk at 14, yeah. somebody comes along and says, you should be on the radio. Exactly. <laughs> Talk about right place at the right time. <laughs> Right. So he's so Waylon. Back to Waylon. He so eight years old. Performing. Yeah, he starts performing at family gatherings, and he makes his first public appearance at the youth center with Anthony Bonanno, who I don't know who that is. He followed. He was followed by appearances at JCs and Lions clubs, and he won a talent show at Channel 13 in Lubbock, Texas, singing a song, "Hey Joe." And at what age? And at, it doesn't say what age. I'm thinking this is around the time he's like, you know, 13. Okay. This is what I'm going to ask because of the next thing. And he makes frequent performances at the Palace Theater in Littlefield during their local talent night that they had. It's like, oh, we're bringing in local talent. Um, so he's making his appearances. And when he's 14, he auditions for a spot on KVOW in Littlefield, Texas. Okay. The so owner no, no, Dave... let's, let's stop. Let's stop. He was born and raised in Texas. Yeah. Okay. I missed. I, I must have missed oh, that part. So I just Littlefield, wanted to go back Tex- to it. Yeah. Littlefield, Texas. Okay. Little. Well, he wasn't born in Littlefield. He was born just outside of Littlefield, and he kind of grew up in Littlefield, is what well, I. Well, 1937. Say. You could be born anywhere in Texas and call it Littlefield. It really wouldn't matter. Exactly. It's so rural. The records would have been spotty at best. So he auditions for this radio station. The owner, J.B. McShann, along with Emil Macha, recorded Jennings' performance. McShann said he liked his style and hired him for a weekly 30-minute program. Following his performance on the show, Jennings formed his own band. He asked Macha to play bass for him and gathered three other friends an acquaintance from the Texas Long to form the Texas Longhorns. Okay. The style of his band was a mixture of country and western and bluegrass music, and it was often not well received. People were in not te- a fan. Tex- in Texas, bluegrass probably back in the that would have been well, he's 13, born in 37, very... 13, 14. That's that's puts it shit, that's right in the middle of uh World War II. Yeah, and bluegrass is very um Appalachia. Appalachian, yeah. That's where it was invented. So that to me makes sense because I feel like those sounds versus what you're hearing even now coming from yeah. like Texas is very different. <laughs> well, so, back then, you know, it's big bands. It's uh, even in Texas, you know, you might get the the cowboy songs. Back yeah. then, you know, you know, out on the range, you know, those those sort of cowboy lyrics and uh, um, ballads. Bluegrass would be way, way, way different out there versus listening to because it's a it's heavy on the uh, heavy on the music, right? The yeah, guitar or the banjo or whatever they're playing. Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah, it is. Um. So during this time, he's still in high school a bit. He's like a not bit? doing a. <laughs> he's not doing a great job, and he gets. <laughs> Several disciplinary infractions. And so he's convinced 
to drop out of high school. They're like, like mm. the superintendent of the high school was like, maybe this isn't the right choice for you. And maybe you should just stop. Way, way different time, right? I mean, obviously, Honestly, you know, I mean, 14, now 15, we're fighting and... so hard to keep children in. I mean, I don't know how many people are dropping out of school, <laughs> but now it would be so different. And you fight really hard think, to think keep about, the kids think about it. in so school at, and do all these things. So if, he, if he's born in uh, 37, by the time he's mm-hmm. 15, it's right after World War II. Yep. You still got the draft. You know, yeah. you've got uh, Korea, the Korean War just getting started. So 47, yeah, or, you know, 51. Yeah, he's looking at right in the, during the time of the Korean War. Yeah. And everybody's heart tired of his whiny ass um, bluegrass. Exactly. They were all done with him. They were like, no, no, dude. This is not us. Yeah. So after he leaves school, he works for his father at his family's store. The creamery. He's also taking the creamery. He's also taking a lot of temporary jobs. But he kind of was like, okay, but music's going to be my career. He was like, this is this is really so, where I'm going to so go. So he's 14, 15, he's, make he's made a decision he wants to go he wants to make music. This is okay. this is what he is. And he's working at a radio station. All right. So the next year, he and the Texas Longhorns record a demo version of the song Stranger in My Home and There'll Be a New Day at the KFYO radio station in Lubbock, Texas. And during this time, he's driving a truck for Thomas Land Lumber Company. company he's what, like sim- 15? He's sick. He's about 17. Okay, 17. And then he's driving another truck for the Roberts Lumber Company. And he is tired of this. He hates the owners. Mm-hmm. And he quits after he gets into a minor driving accident. Okay. Quit, I think, was nice. I feel like if you're driving a truck and you get into an accident, there may be like, this isn't the best job for you. You should leave. Maybe it's like how he was convinced to drop out of high school. Right. That's my assumption. Um, so Jennings and other local stations, he's performing at all these stations or a lot local musicians. I'm tired, guys. Sorry. And other local look, musicians. Look, Avery, are let, let, let's pause let's, let's pause here for a minute. Let's let, let's pause here for a minute. We're pausing. Because I want to appreciate the fact that as a 20-year-old woman, you're a wuss. Thank you. Um, so I just want to point out that I'm taking four classes right now. So that's like a lot. And of I want to point out that and I have been. I got up at 5 a.m. I've been. I've been, enter- I've been entertaining our friends, our lifelong friends, the scans, for going out drinking, hours. having a good time, got not sleeping well. So I had to serve coffee. There is. At the end of the day, Avery. Two. Very angry having the people. spirit of a 70 year old woman is not the same thing as having the body of a 70 year old woman. Step up, man I up, and tired. let's move on. All right, here we go. Anyway, Jennings, <laughs> a kid. you're such a punk. <laughs> I bet Waylon Jennings wouldn't treat me this way, he'd be way nicer to me. I'm sure he would have treated you so, way worse than I do. I guarantee well, it. He would have said, well, that's it. You're spending a week with Willie. <laughs> I would spend I'd be like, okay. 
do you it. You wouldn't remember it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, that's there. I'm sure someone would remember it and be All right, able so, to remind so he's me. 17. He's he's not happy driving this truck. He's not happy. So he performs at a radio station call and he called KDAV. Okay. And it's during this time he meets Buddy Holly oh. at a Lubbock restaurant. And they I did not realize that um he was connected to Buddy Holly. We're about to get into it. I'm okay. so excited. Sorry, like sorry. what go I ahead, said earlier. Ahead, this is my this is country this so is he's just like music he's like 18, history. 19 years old, right? Yes. And he meets Buddy, Buddy Holly's Holly. in his twenties. He's like yep. reaching his pinnacle of his short career. His career. And he start to meet, they start to kind of like run into each other during local shows. Uh-huh. And he starts to specific, Jennings starts to specifically begin to attend Holly's performances at KDAV's Sunday party. In addition to this time, he's still performing on the air at KVOW. He also starts right. to work as a DJ in 1956 and moves so to Lubbock, Texas. That makes him uh, 19. 19. He's younger than me. And more accomplished. I'm sorry, I didn't say that out loud. I'm sorry. Did Waylon Jennings graduate from high school? No. (laughs) No. So who's really more accomplished? Okay. (laughs) Did Waylon Jennings work for Cole Swindell one time and never meet Cole? No. But I worked for Cole Swindell technically. And never met him. I never met him. But I still worked for him. And one day no, me and did, Cole are going to laugh did. about this. <laughs> <laughs> me and Cole are going to be like, it's so crazy that I worked for you, dude. Um, <laughs> so he starts to do, um, he starts to work as a DJ. His program ran from four in the afternoon to 10 in the evening, which is a good chunk of time. That's six hours. Right. That's no, a lot. What? And he fills it that's it. That, that's two that's hours. like a prime time area. I mean, yeah. think about it. You know, that's what that's people on the are way home just getting off work, going home, or sitting at home, listening to the radio. I mean, even back down mm-hmm. in the 40s and 50s, it's not like everybody had a TV, but they yeah. would listen to the radio. And if he's on a radio station that people uh, listen to, exactly. And his, and his, so it had two hours of country classics, two hours uh-huh. of current country, and two hours of mixed recordings, which included music. Give me one second to refine my spot. Sorry. It included music from Chuck Berry and Little Richard. So let me ask this. So the owner of the radio station actually reprimanded Jennings on his selections after playing two Little Richard records in a row. Jennings was fired. Well, let's face it. I mean, you're 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 talking about the '50s. Yeah. Little Richard is a black man. Mm-hmm. In Texas. Exactly, and this is something that I'm kind of curious about: is how many people knew he was black? I don't know if he mentions it in his lyrics. No, but he, when... he, at, at that time, a lot of folks okay. knew who he was. Because Charlie he, Pride, he did, there, when Charlie was, Pride started out, know, nobody, nobody knew. Nobody hid who Little Richard was. Okay. Charlie Pride okay. didn't. Well, let, let, let me rephrase it because I want to make sure I'm clear about this. I know that Charlie Pride did not hide himself. Yeah. Or who he was or how, you know, I know the record labels. They often tried to did. mask things to 
you know. Yeah, I mean, his album covers in. were often little, little him Richard, in a shadow. Little Richard was very was a very different thing, and from what I understand, and and again, very on my part, very limited understanding and very limited knowledge about. There was no hiding because part of his not shtick, but part of his appeal was his his vibrancy on stage, his his ability to dance and 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 get people excited about you know the songs and how he sang. It was all part. It was all big thing, which meant that you couldn't hide who you were. Yeah. So the idea that you know a, a Texas, a rural Texas radio station. Firing, you know, one of their uh, um, younger uh, DJs for playing two songs from a very, you know, very good and successful black artist. Not surprising, mm-hmm. and not back then anyway. Yeah. Not. It's still not dishearten. It is still disheartening, but it's not surprising. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, but you know what? Good on Waylon for not caring. Yeah, I mean, he, he obviously he he was like, I don't care that he's black. He's just going to play his music. And that's something that I found reading a lot of books about, um, you know, older country singers is they really don't care. It was about the music. It wasn't about yeah. the color of the person or the person himself. I mean, let's face it. Some of those older country singers and some of the current ones, while they may be good, are just horrible people in general. Exactly focus on the music and you listen to the music you can if you can if you can separate the two right yeah well, let, let's talk about you know uh what's his name devil went down to georgia guy charlie daniels not the greatest person not at all in terms of his personal views on different things mm-hmm. but his music resonates with a lot of people it does and some might say the same thing about Waylon, right? Yeah, I would agree not, with not, that. Not about the that... not about the sort of racist views, but his views on you know the, his drugs, partying, things like that. And he, I mean, let's face it, you know, fifties, he's in his teens, sixties, he he like matures into what hippiedom? No, he doesn't become kind a hippie, of... but he is oh. he is during that time of free yeah. love and all that stuff in the Vietnam War, right? Yeah. All right, so let's go back to Waylon. So this is, so when he was on the KVOW, where he was fired from, uh-huh. he was visited by DJ Sky Corbin from KLTV, VT, KLVT in Leveland, Texas. And Corbin is very impressed with his voice. He keeps on visiting him after hearing him sing a jingle to the tune of Hank Snow's I'm Moving On. Uh-huh. And Jennings kind of told him, he was like, you know, I'm struggling on a $50 a week salary. It's really hard for me. So Corbin is kind of like, hey, well, come visit my station. And you can come think hang about, out here. Think, and eventually, think about what you just said, Avery. $50 a week. I know. That's, listen, I get I mean, like, yeah, that's I, I don't want anybody to know that I I should make more than that per hour, or I should make more at least you know fifty dollars every two or three be, hours. I mean, that's that's crazy, live. right? Fifty dollars yeah. a week. Jeez. And how do you say you're struggling? I'm like, what is your rent like? You know, twenty five dollars a month or something? You know, food, uh, 
Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Go. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so Corbin is like, well, come visit me at this station, KLVT, and Jennings does. He goes to visit, and Corbin's like, I've got a position coming up for a new DJ. You're it. Okay. And Waylon's Just based, like, okay, based on him let's listening go. to him on his uh, yeah. other station. He's like, I love you as a thing. I've seen you multiple times. Let's do it. So, so what's interesting Corbin... here is that we have not talked about at any point. You know, he's like 19, 20, 21 years old. We've not talked about his music. We've talked about his time as a DJ. Exactly. But this is another thing, too, that you're that you would see if you're talking about Willie Nelson as well. Uh-huh. He spent okay. such a long time as a DJ. So so you get you get these guys so, who were, you know, for the the basis of all, you know, uh, outlaw country music. Yeah. Their start was in. Being a DJ. And not not yeah. like a DJ now where you're at a party and you know no, a disc you are the one who are bringing in songs and being able to talk about the artist and being able to talk about the next song and this and this and this, right? Okay. Waylon Jennings was the Bobby Bones of his generation. In Actually, his no. Waylon Jennings. And, and I, I'm trying to be fair to, to um, I'm, I'm not trying to take anything from Bobby Bones. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But Waylon Jennings, realistically, Bobby Bones hears stuff on the internet and things get sent to him. He can he can look and 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 bring his own stuff in. Waylon yeah. Jennings was a slave to the record industry, who allowed whatever yeah. songs were sent to the various radio stations. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a very different. Now he could promote who he wanted to. Yes. However, there were still restrictions based on what got to him, correct? Yes, I would agree with that. But I will also say that, you know, I think even now, regular radio, and Bobby is kind of a weird example because he is such a big name and he's on iHeart yeah. and he's played across I'm, the country. And it and was not well me known. knocking Bobby Jones oh, or anything. No, it's I don't just... think you're knocking him at all. And I think he has a little bit more kind of stuff. But I will say... Even as someone who's listened to the Bobby Bones show, it's still a lot of what's popular. Like it's a lot of what's being but sent it, you to know, him it's yeah, it's what's popular, but it, it's what that's he what's on the radio. It, it's also what he thinks is popular. He has a he lot has a more little, freedom than say somebody who and I, when I say freedom, I, I mean it this way. Not in the sense of he gets to choose what he brings on to the station. I'm sure that mm-hmm. there's limitations. But he has a lot more open to him in terms of what he gets to hear and what he is exposed to versus somebody in the 50s or 60s who only hears what gets sent to him on on a vinyl record, right? Yes, I would agree with that. Yes. So. Okay. So he, so Corbin, his family later purchased is KLLL in Lubbock, Texas. And they changed Lubbock, the format Texas. of the Lubbock. station to a country station, and it becomes the main competition for KDAV, where Jennings was just fired from. And he's like, "Okay, Corbin, you're our first." De-, or Corbin goes, "Okay, Waylon, you're our first DJ." And Waylon's what is he? producing. At this point, is he like twenty, twenty-one? Yeah. Okay. And Waylon. At- 
is producing commercials and he's creating jingles for them. So he's is getting kind of some of that songwriting in and that not really. No, I mean let's in. think about it. I'm I mean not if, really, if, he, if he is doing but the, yes. Uh, yeah, if he's doing jingles, that's not the same thing as writing a country song. It's not the same thing, but it's it's I think a creative outlet for someone who no, has to no, play I, other people's yes, music. You're absolutely is what correct. I'm kind absolutely of pointing correct. out. Absolutely. At. Yes, yes. And he also, so as he gets popular, he has to do a lot of public appearances and his events. Oftentimes he's like, well, if I'm doing a public appearance, I'm going to just perform. And that's what he wants to do. And during so one of these you, performances. No, no, let's, stop, let's stop. Let's stop there because that, that, that's a, an important sort of shift, right? We yeah. go from, I'm going to be the DJ who everybody hears on the radio to now I'm going to do a public appearance and I'm going to perform what, what is he performing? His songs or somebody else's? I a lot of covers and some of his own stuff, but I will say he has been performing this whole time because when he's auditioning for these stations, he was yeah. auditioning at first with music, and then they were like, "Well, also he was like, I could also be a DJ." So it starts out so as that, him being that's like, important Let me because play. when you think about it, you know, so now they know. But so mm-hmm. so here's here's what's interesting about that time frame. Today, if a DJ comes up, I Bobby Bones. Yeah. He's DJ in in the in the classic sense of the term. He is. But he's also a performer. Yeah. And they allow him to do both, right? Yeah, we've seen uh, him live before. Well, I, I yes, I get it. But my point is they allow him to do both. Back then, they hired you for one or the other. Yes, I think, well, not in Wayland's experience, but I think yes. That would be most the case. But it's during one of these performances that L.O. Holly, Buddy Holly's dad, approaches Waylon with his son's latest record and says, So, hey, so let's stop. Again, um, I, got, I got to stop and ask this. Up to this point, he's already been friends with Buddy Holly, right? Yeah, he's already met Buddy Holly. But this is Buddy so Holly. So they, they, they've interacted on, in a number yep. of different occasions. They have. He's they've played. met. They've kind of. You know, seen each other perform so he had, and stuff. So they have. He, Buddy Holly has seen him perform. Yes, I think at the at the stations. Buddy okay. Holly's has been like, okay, you're right, performing. So that so helps LO, sort of set the set the stage for this this conversation. Okay, go ahead. And so Ello says to Waylon, he's like, well, also Buddy's kind of thinking about producing artists, and he's okay. kind of something he's interested to do. Something a lot of artists do. Um. Even now, Rustin Kelly, an artist who I love, just yeah, produced they, Tommy they want to bring it. They want to bring like, up the next like, generation, give up. them the yeah. chance that they got or that didn't get or whatever. And so Corbin is like, hey, well, Waylon's an artist. You just saw him perform. Tell him about this. So at this time, like during this conversation, Buddy is on tour in England, but he comes back and he's like, well, I've been told that I need to meet Waylon Jennings and hear him perform. So he's like, I... Let me go visit KLL and see this. How, how can you say my he used to meet Waylon Jennings? I thought he knew him at this point. Well, not meet, but like see him as an artist. Okay. More. All right. All right. Sorry. Sure, go performances. So right. Holly goes and sees him and he takes, he's like, okay, I like you. You're going to be my first artist that I'm going to have. And he takes Waylon, he gets him outfitted with new clothes. He works on his image. You know, I mean, Buddy has this like glasses image, right? That's kind of. Right. He looks that, that, like that, a nerd. Uh, sort of, I love um, it. 
um, rockabilly look that uh, exactly. with the tie and uh, the the sport coat. But he's and... got a specific look, and that's what he is like. Okay, Waylon, we need to get you a look, and he gets him into Norman Petty's recording studios in Clovis, New Mexico. And on okay. September 10th, Jennings records the songs Joel Blonde. I think I'm saying yeah, Joel Blonde and When Sin Stops, Love Begins with Holly and Tommy Alsep on the guitars and the saxophonist King Curtis, who is a name I know. And that's what I'm going to say because I just know the name. Um, And Holly then says to Waylon, and this is kind of an interesting story. He's like, well, we recorded this record. I want to keep working with you. Can you play the bass guitar? And Waylon says, of course I can. Because when you're asked by Buddy Holly, can I play the bass guitar? You say yes. He could not. (laughs) <laughs> so he, he could not play the bass guitar <laughs> so it's during this time where he's like okay so he and buddy say goes, yes and this learn is later. perfect buddy if buddy goes okay this is perfect you're gonna come on my winter dance party tour <laughs> and guitarist. Waylon's like let's do it i'm gonna be your bass player so before this tour so let, you know, let's Holly stop, let's stop. On... stop stop here yes so we know his mother started to teach him guitar at eight. Yeah. So he's a guitar player, has been playing for, you know, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Making the shift over to, well, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you listen to his music now, you think, all right, so it's Waylon Jennings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I reckon. Yeah. At that time, you know, is he good enough that he can make the transition from guitar right, to bass? To bass. So he was, he was a good guitar player. Okay. And as someone who kind of like, who has not made the transition, but I can play a little bit of bass. Yeah, yeah. Um, and having learned that from starting out with guitar, I think it's pretty easy to learn. It's during this time that like, as he's going on the tour, he's like, okay, um, maybe I need to actually like learn this. And right. he sits with, buddy's guitar player and figures it out so Waylon was not to be deterred he was like i can play the bass guitar don't worry and then was like so now that i have basically said that i can do this thing that i can't do let me learn it and that was kind of he's like i am not gonna stop right which is what i think is impressive and this is also a time like you know i started to learn guitar through youtube and and even um, yeah, I, yeah, working, honestly, yeah, I was looking to do it now, and and that's kind of interesting to. Well, I'm just more impressed with some. I watched videos of people do it, and what Waylon didn't have go, that. Watching you go from YouTube to, you know, uh, um, a guitar instructor to doing things, and then songwriting and all those mm-hmm. things. The idea that somebody like Waylon, who, you know, at an early age, you, you you suffer from the fact that your parents were not musically inclined. No, they were not. It's horrible. It was a detriment to your long-term goals. But we support you. That being yeah. said, the idea that somebody can come along and, and um, go and decide, you know, I'm going to learn bass and I'm, I'm going to be able to do this and, and play, not just... This is what's important here. It's not just that I'm going to learn to play bass guitar. I'm going to do it at a level where Buddy Holly is comfortable be beaming on stage with him and recording albums and playing for a exactly. live audience. I mean, it, that's which is just that intimidating. is confidence and balls that 
a lot of people don't have. And you know what? I think that's Waylon, though. I mean, outlaw yeah. country artists are ballsy people. Yeah, yeah. So right before this tour starts, Holly vacations with his wife, and he visits Jennings a lot and stuff, and they, you know, they're kind of, they visit, well, visit Jennings' radio station. Holly and his wife, they oh, okay. are on vacation in Lubbock, Texas. Okay. I don't know anything about Lubbock, Texas, but I there would go somewhere There ain't shit else. out there, especially during that time <laughs> um, of year. Or that, seems like that a weird vacation. Um, and he visits Jennings' <laughs> radio station in December of 1958. Yeah. Jennings and Sky Corbin performed the hand claps on Holly's tune, You're the One. Okay. And Jennings and Holly soon leave for New York City to start this kind of tour. On they arrive January 15th, 1959. Jennings stays at Holly's apartment by Washington Square Park prior to meeting okay. the schedule at the headquarters for the so when, uh, when you think about it, when you think about it, so he is so here you here you got Waylon Jennings. When you and I talk mm-hmm. about Waylon Jennings, all I think about is in in my mind, mega country superstar. Yeah. But this is a guy who's starting out. No, I know, but, it, when, one but of the then biggest you go back and you think about, and when I, when, so separately, I think about Buddy Holly as like foundational for rock and roll. Yeah. And Waylon Jennings now goes from being a bass guitarist, hanging out with Buddy Holly and foundational for rock and roll to mm-hmm. country. Right? Yeah. Right. I mean, I will say, you know, that kind of older rock and roll and country music are very, very bluesy. It's, it's, a, very it's, bluesy. A, it's a fine line between the two. I get it. I mean, you listen to like the Beatles talk about their music love and you've got like Elvis and stuff, but they're also looking at artists in the country music genre who they admire. Paul McCartney. Well, country about music it. back so then Star was way, one of the biggest when, when you music. think about country music, you're thinking, about, you're thinking about, you're thinking about, um, uh, Patsy Klein or uh, um, well, Patsy, she's not around. She's around towards this time. Yeah, no, and, she is. I mean, you've got that Loretta Lynn and uh, Loretta's there. Dolly's not quite there yet. But no, she's but then uh, you've soon. got the uh, um, what's his name who died really young, fourteen-year-old alcoholic on the corner. Hank Williams. Hank Williams Senior. Senior. I yeah. mean, when you look like a, there's a bear in my tear, and it's that is what people thought about country. That's what country music. Most people thought country music was. I will say most people still think that. Well, they do. That's I, I, what country so, music so, is, to be honest. So here's here's a fun fact for you, Avery. When I was working, you know, for the government, I had, uh, um, you know, the uh, inner, or you know, the um, What's it? The satellite radio, and I have it in my. Own. Your mom got it for me, so I had the the radio box, and I'm listening to you know whatever. I would put on the old time country music in my office because I liked it. I I liked that country music, yeah. and I keep it down just low enough so I could have a conversation. People would walk into my office, and they were so offended. Not offended, they're like, "Oh, how could you listen to this?" It oh got them, gosh. and so I would just turn it up a little bit more, and it kept people from coming into my office all the time and talking to me. And I, at the same time, I love the music. 
I yeah. love listening to that old time country music, you know, because it was the kind of stuff my grandparents listened to and I listened to when I was at their house and you didn't hear it all the time on the radio. So when you heard it, you know, oh, I know the song. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to sorry, go back to Waylon. So, so Waylon, you know, they kind of meet up. They're in Jan- they're in Chicago or no, they're in New York. And then they go to Chicago after they kind of organize this tour and they join the rest of the band. So on January 23rd of 1959, the winter dance party tour begins in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Why it would begin in Wisconsin is beyond me. That feels like a weird place and it sounds cold. In January? Because it probably went cold as fuck. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, cold is All heckers. (laughs) All heckers. Cold as all heckers. It was cold. Um, So this there's a lot of travel. They realize now that there's this huge distance between these venues that they're going in. Well, I mean, this is. Yeah, I mean, we all know what the problem is with that travel, right? <laughs> exactly. So this is horrible. They're like, um, maybe we didn't consider all of this stuff when we were scheduling which performances next, which is what they do now. And of course, the unheated tour buses are just breaking down (laughs) they're like i mean i remember when i was in high school we would have days off because they couldn't start our. i I can't even imagine back in the 50s having a a tour bus which was basically you know school bus with heat that may be up in the front of the bus trying to get all the way to the back and it got so bad that the drummer carl bunch was hospitalized for frostbite on his toes I, I can believe that. Yeah. And Holly kind of is like, okay, so let's find another mode of transportation. Ladies and gentlemen, Holly should have not made this decision. This was he a bad idea. St- he should have stuck with the, and then he, then he convinced a whole bunch of other people to fly with him. Well, so before their performance at the surf ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa, Holly charts a four seat Beechcraft Bonanza airplane to Dwyer from Dwyer flying services in Mason City, Iowa, for himself, Waylon Jennings, and Tommy Alsup to avoid the long bus trip to their next venue in Moorhead, Minnesota. So after this Clear Lake show, Alsup loses a coin toss to give up his seat on the charter plane to Richie Valens. I was going to say Richie Valens. While Jennings voluntarily gave up his seat to J.P. Richardson, known as Big Bopper, who was suffering from the flu and complaining how cold and uncomfortable the tour bus was. When Holly learned that his bandmates had given up their seats on the plane and had chosen to take the bus rather than fly, he starts a friendly banter between with Jennings. It would later be horrible. Holly jokingly told Jennings, well, I hope your old bus freezes up and Jennings jokingly replies, well, I hope your old plane crashes. Less than an hour and a half later, shortly after 1 a.m. on February 3rd, 1959, Holly's charter plane crashed into a cornfield outside of Mason City, instantly killing all on board. I'll be be honest, I had no idea how, and this is on me because, you know, I, I just, probably didn't pay attention how much will uh Waylon Jennings was part of that whole group I just I, really I honestly I I did not know and I I, I probably should have because I probably heard it before 
but you hear about the Big Bopper, Richie Valens, and uh, but you know the idea that well, everyone on the plane should have been on the plane, but wasn't. And it's that last conversation to me that gets me is yeah. that Waylon had no idea. It's a joke. No, it's. I mean, Holly's joking all the line. Oh, Holly's, your bus is gonna crash. Waylon's like, oh, your plane's gonna crash, and then it did. Right. And that is just. This is kind of where I'm like, I mean, there's no now, real excuse. No, I, you know, I'm gonna, abuse, I'm but it's just that moment of, oof, I can't imagine. So when we look at where, excuse me, well, and Jenny's goes, from this point, this seems like a transformational point in his career. Mm-hmm. So he says something like that. He's 22. Yeah. That's going to have an impact on him. Of course. So. And it, it did. So that morning, Jennings family hears on the radio station that Buddy Bolly, Buddy Holly and his band has been killed. And they freak right. out. They're like, what the hell? And so Jennings finally call is able to call his family and be like, I'm okay. I wasn't on the plane. And then he right. calls Guy Corbin at KLL from Fargo to right. again be like, I'm okay. You know, I wasn't on the plane. And the General Artist Corporation, who helped form this tour and help plan it, uh, promises to pay for first-class tickets to Jennings and the band to attend Holly's funeral in Lubbock, Texas. And they're like, no, I'll, I'll take playing the bus, that night in Moorhead. And after the first show, and they're like, but you still have to, they literally said, you still have to play this show. And he's like, are you serious? Like, I still have to play this show. My friends just died. And I get that this is a tour and you've paid for it. But this is the art. They want to see Buddy Holly. They don't want to see me. Right. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't make sense. And after that first show, they're denied payment by the venue. They're like, you know what? No. And Waylon is like, no, 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 no. My friend has died. And I have played the show in spite of what everything has happened. You are going to suck it up and pay us for this. Their flights, however, that they've been promised, hey, if you play the show, we'll pay for the flights so you can go to the funeral, are never paid for. They, they're they like, no. No, we're not going to pay for that. And they're like, well, you told us. And Jennings and Alsap continue to tour. And so, they do it so as. So here we are. At the end of, uh, you know, I mean, this was like a massive. I don't even know how to say it. Like a massive, uh, not disruption, but just this huge, 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 huge. Massive hit to rock and roll. So this is the day this is often called the day the music died yeah based off of the song american pie the song american pie is based off of this you know i remember when you you think about hearing about about his widowed bride you you know you've got the the big bopper you've got uh richie valens buddy holly these are three you know voices of you know within the rock community rockabilly whatever whatever you don't call it. it doesn't matter 
yeah. huge, huge influences that were raising the voice. And now this happens, and it actually raised it even more. Yeah. And now you've got somebody like Will or Waylon Jennings, who's just starting out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he is. I mean, this is his first time. And at this doing point, all of this. We're an hour in, so we need to stop and pause for. Yeah, we are going to pause part here. two. But um, not yeah. because I I need to pause, but because I want dramatic effect. Pause. Waylon Jennings. But I think this he is the best place to stop because this is this is at the this point is, where you're like, where what's going to happen? Right? Yeah, this is from, from this point on. It's it's all is, on him. Yep. Right. Yeah, it is. I mean, think about it. I mean, it's all on him. He, buddy. It's not like Buddy Holly brought him up to this point, but he gave Buddy Holly gave, gave him an opportunity. Yeah. Waylon took advantage of the opportunity. Oh yeah, I'll be your bass player and learn how to play bass, and you know, came on there. That being said, are we ready for part two? I don't know. It's about, I'm really excited. I am too, because I, I want to hear more. I want to learn more about the, the whole uh, outlaw country. Because to me, Waylon Jennings epitomizes outlaw country. He does. I mean, honestly, when, when yeah. you think about when anybody talks about outlaw country, it's Waylon Jennings. Exactly. It's the first name that comes to anybody's mind. And it should, mm-hmm. because he was he was that good. He really he really was. All right, I'm so excited. On that so, note, um, yeah, this is gonna come out. So this episode will be out tomorrow, um, and then in two weeks it we'll will have be out the when, other episode. When, when Avery, when tomorrow when, when will it be out? When, tomorrow, when is when is that? Tomorrow is the 14th at, of November, 2023. Okay. Yes. And then um, we're going to do episodes, as I've already mentioned in this episode, I'm a very busy person. So episodes are going to be out every two weeks, just as a, so everyone knows, um, because timing. Because Avery's lazy. Friend. Because Avery has a job and a, a lot of homework. You know, her, da- her dad, his she taking, also you know, helped set up a time out of his weekend. busy retired schedule. And she also has other stuff diving. going on in her life. And she now has friends. They may Avery. all be hey, in an hey, elder oh, home, but right, they're still her friends. friends. Let's hear about the friends. I want to know about the friends. They're great friends. Are they, they all 70-year-old really cool. women? They call me Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so for next week, or two weeks from now, I'm super excited. Um, this has yeah, been Honky Tonks Stadiums. See y'all later. Bye. Awesome. Thank you.